Hi, everyone. Welcome to Mama Wears Athleisure. I am your host, Mariella de Santiago, a first-time mom. We focus on all things mom with tips to help make life easier and more organized for all you mamas out there. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about going into labor and what that looks like and what you should know. We have Jessica Hoagland, who's a labor, delivery, and postpartum nurse, as well as having a doula business. Yeah. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. So I have been a labor and delivery and postpartum nurse for the last 12 years. Recently, I started a doula business called One Sacred Village. So I'm offering birth and postpartum doula services, uh, childbirth education, placenta encapsulation, and birth story circles. That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hoping to expand to more soon as well. (laughs) And you also have a little one. So in case anyone is wondering... You can hear her little one in the background. Yes, that's my eight-month-old Nora, and I have two more that are at school. They're seven and nine. We're going to go ahead and just jump right into it. So what does it mean to go into labor? We hear this a lot, but there really isn't too much as to what it means, what it looks like, how long it takes. You kind of just know you go through this before you have a baby. So labor is... So different to each person. Um, But basically, it's the process of the baby leaving your body. This happens through regular contractions that cause your cervix to thin and dilate and help push the baby out. But this process looks different to every single person. Yeah, you often hear moms ask how long you were in labor or you know, a lot of moms will compare and say, oh, that's a long time or oh, wow, that was pretty quick. So How long can somebody expect? And I know it varies from person to person, like you mentioned, but what is kind of like a time frame from kind of a minimum to it can take as long as X amount of hours? Labor can last anywhere from minutes to days. So there's such a wide spectrum of really how it can go. The important thing to note is that there's really no normal length of labor. So even very, very long labors, which can be really three to four days on the very you know long end, it's still a variation of normal. So I think it's easy to get inside your head and be like, this isn't normal. It's taking too long. Or, or even for medical providers to be like, you know, you should have been dilating X amount over the last few hours. Every labor is so unique. And it's not necessarily abnormal to have a very long labor, especially with your first baby. With that, what are some ways to help with labor? Because you often kind of hear people say that there's certain things you can do to try to encourage it, or you also hear people say there's certain things that just kind of help with making you more comfortable during this process. So what are ways to help with this? So ways to encourage labor is just going to be to be active. Walking is one of the best things you can do to not only help bring on your labor, but to get your baby in the best position so that you'll have a more efficient labor. There's also different stretches you can do leading up into when your labor starts and through your labor. Some common ones, cat, cow, goddess pose, child's pose, especially child's pose with your knees in and your feet out is a really helpful one. Having sex can bring on labor. That's a very effective way as well. You should note that 
if your body's not ready for labor, these things are not going to start your labor. Sometimes at the end of pregnancy, we get in this like crazy mindset. And I'm very guilty of it with all three of mine where you're like, this baby needs to come out and you're doing all these crazy things like eating dates and papaya and eggplant, parmesan, all the things to get the baby. But if your body's not ready, those things are not going to start labor. It's just something that can kind of, if you're right on the cusp, they can kind of tip you into like, okay, let's get this party started. As far as when you're in labor, there are lots of different positions that can help your baby in the best position and help your labor continue without stalling out. Spinning babies is a very good resource that you can go on online. And depending on kind of where your baby is in your pelvis, things that you can do to encourage your labor to continue efficiently. And then just making sure you're continuing eating high protein snacks, staying hydrated with electrolyte drinks and having periods of rest are all things that are going to help your labor continue in the best way as possible. Labor is, it's so mental. I think people don't realize it till they go through labor, how big the mental aspect of labor is. So just staying in this mindset that you trust your body, you trust the labor process, even if it doesn't look like other people's, even if it's taking longer than you think it should, or even if maybe some people on your birth team are suggesting that it's taking too long, still having that trust that your body knows what to do and your baby knows what to do. So having some positive affirmations that you can tell yourself through the labor process, or maybe have your partner, whoever's with you at your birth, continue to tell you is really helpful. Yeah, you're definitely right in that. Once you are in labor, you're like, okay, I'm so anxious to meet this little one. Like it's taking too long. (laughs) I felt that way. I was like, okay, come on. I just want to meet you. Another thing that you often hear is early labor and active labor. So would you mind sharing what are the differences between both of these? So yeah, early labor is kind of your body getting ready to go into labor. So it's that very early time where you you start having some cramping. Sometimes it can start as like period cramping and that can last anywhere from hours to days. This is something that can start and stop. So you'll be like, oh, I think this is it. And it's like, you know, you're starting to get these contractions and you get really excited. And then you're like, okay, they're gone. I don't know. (laughs) Or you go to sleep and you wake up the next morning, like, well, that that went away. So it can last a long time. This is a period of time where we do see a lot of women coming into the hospital to be checked, thinking that it's labor. And we're like, you're not quite there yet. It's very normal too, for especially first time moms to come in a couple of times before it's actually time. These kind of contractions that you feel, they're not going to be regular. They're not going to be necessarily feeling like they're getting increasingly painful or closer together. The best thing to do in early labor is to ignore it, which I know is really hard because you're so excited for this process to start, but really like ignore, ignore, ignore until you are forced to pay attention. That is my best advice for early labor because you don't want to wear yourself out in this period. This is a period where you should be getting as much rest as possible. You can take a walk, take a shower or a bath, watch a movie, play a game, have some dinner, like just try to take your mind off it. And this is also a period where you're you'll hear yourself a lot say like, oh, is this it? Is it like if you're saying like, is this it? You're probably in early labor. You might even have some like bloody show at this time. So a little bit of bleeding can be normal. Anything more than just like a little bit, like if you're having like period like bleeding or bright red bleeding that's soaking a pad, not normal. You need to go see, <laughs> go in right away. But a little bit of bloody shows is normal at this time. Active labor is when those contractions are going to continue to get closer together and stronger. So 
each contraction you're going to feel like is a little bit stronger than the last one getting closer together in this regular pattern of rate, maybe two to five minutes apart. These contractions are going to take your breath away. So you cannot talk to somebody while you're having one. You need to stop, breathe through them. They're forcing you to pay attention. And that question that you were asking before, is this it? It's going to change to this is it. Like, <laughs> you'll know. I often tell people because when we send people home and they're in early labor, they're like, well, this hurts really bad. Like, how am I going to know when it's time to come back in? Because sometimes they can even feel like their, their contractions are close together. And how do I know the difference? And I usually tell the partner, you're going to know because look at her face. Your face is going to change and your demeanor is going to change. And I think there's kind of a misconception that you're going to like go, go through labor and not know and like miss it almost. That will not happen for about 99% of the population, especially first time moms. You'll know when you're in active labor and, and you'll go in when you need to. Hey everyone, it's your host, Mariella. We have a giveaway in July. So be sure to check our website, www.mamawearsathleisure.com for all the details on how to enter for your chance to win an original Sprout gift set. What does a mama need to know before going into labor? Like, What are some things that they probably need to prepare or keep in mind? I guess some good advice I would say is don't get too caught up in the numbers. Try to stay out of your head and accept the labor process for what it is, your labor is going to unfold in its own unique way. Even though your birth team is going to be keeping track of the timing and the numbers and all that, let them do that. And you just go inside yourself and you let your labor happen how it's going to happen. Another thing is your best chance at a physiologic birth, meaning no interventions to get the baby out and having a vaginal delivery is to let it start on its own. More and more, we're seeing this trend of like inducing labor for non-medical reasons. Of course, there are always labors that there are circumstances where there are medical indications and an induction can save yours and your baby's life there. Definitely, we do need those tools for those reasons, but we're seeing a trend of elective inductions or post-dates inductions being done right after the due date. If your body's not ready, there's a lot of things that happen in those last days and those last weeks where we're really these little tiny movements of the baby getting in that perfect position is going to help you have that physiologic birth. So if we're starting it before that time, babies can be in kind of just not that perfect position and that can really slow labor down. So on average, labor will begin at 41 weeks and one day. That is the average start time that a natural labor will begin on its own, which is probably shocking to a lot of people because your doctor will probably getting past 40 weeks, start saying, okay, we need like, let's set a, a date for induction. And most of them will not go past 41 days. But as long as everything is looking normal, your baby's heart rate is good, your fluid is good, your blood pressure is good, it is perfectly okay to wait for your body to do this on its own. I kind of mentioned some of this already, but where do you need to be during the labor process? I know in the early labor, you can be at home. At what point should you consider heading over to whether it's a hospital or a birth center or wherever it is that you plan on delivering? So this is, it's kind of, I guess, like a personal choice, but I think it's best to labor as long as you can at home until you feel like, I need some sort of help. I can't do this on my own anymore. It's nice to have a doula because they will come to your home 
for that early labor process. And they will help you decide when it's appropriate to go either to the hospital or the birth center or call your midwives if you're having a home birth. But I think if you can stay as long as you can manage it, and if you have these tools to get yourself through that early labor, I think coming into the hospital really in that active labor is just going to expedite the birth. Because once you get there, most likely you're going to be on a monitor, you're going to be in bed most of the time. And even just that car ride to the hospital and the bright lights and all of it things that are going on that can actually slow the oxytocin production in your brain and slow the labor down for a period of time. It will come back when you get back into that groove. But if you're on the early side, that might be enough to just kind of like really slow things down. So coming in really in that active labor phase is your best bet. I do want to say though, you always want to listen to your own intuition with the medicalization of birth that has happened over the last several decades, we've really kind of discouraged women from listening to their intuition when it comes to birthing their babies. So if you ever feel like, I just feel like something's not right, even if you don't know what it is, like something feels wrong, always, always listen to that and go in. I like that. A lot of the guests that I have on here always say, make sure that you advocate for yourself. And that's like a common theme where that's the advice. Finally, my last question. Do you have any other tips, suggestions, or recommendations that would be helpful for someone that's about to go into labor to just help prepare for this process? I have a few kind of little snippets of advice. My first would be to just go in with an open mind. So many times we see people come in with these like four page birth plans and they have this idea in their mind of exactly how they want it to go. And if I could just follow this, then this is what's going to happen for whatever reason the universe loves to teach people like that a lesson. And it, it's just the universe teaching you like you don't have control of everything you need to let go going in with an open mind and accepting your birth story for however it unfolds and being okay, even if it doesn't look like how you wanted it to look like, I think that's going to give you the best outcome and something that you can live with afterwards. So many people do get caught up in their birth story and, and there is trauma that occurs during birth. And that's why I started doing birth story circles so that people can process that. Another suggestion I have is to invite other women to be your support people during your birth. This is something that we're kind of getting away from for thousands of years. Women have helped other women through the birthing process, men were not even there. And more and more, we see people just, you know, encouraged, like just have your partner there, or we're encouraged to be so independent and not need anybody. But I really think it's a disservice. I would love to see more and more people inviting their moms, their sisters, their aunts, whoever it may be, but women who have gone through birth themselves and can help guide you through this time not saying that your partner doesn't belong there. And I've seen so many dads that are incredible support people, but there's just something a little extra that having women there can really, really help. Finally, I would say just making sure that you're having a conversation with the people who are your providers or who they're helping you. It should feel like you're having a back and forth conversation and you are an active participant in how things are going and in making decisions. If you start to feel like somebody is dictating what is happening to you, that's a red flag. And you need to either yourself or have somebody with you who can advocate for you and who can turn it into a conversation. People always want advice on 
what to put in their birth plans and stuff like that. And something that I think a lot of people don't think about and which I think should be in bold at the top of every single birth plan is that you expect to have informed consent with every decision regarding your birth. You know, I've worked at different hospitals and with different providers and some providers are amazing at this and it is, it's just a part of their practice and they are very detailed. They'll explain risks, benefits. They won't do anything at all. And that includes vaginal exams, that everything that they do, you should be consenting to. And then there's others that they have just come to this practice of kind of, I know better than you and and this is how we're going to do things. So just being prepared, not that anybody is evil or trying to make this a bad experience, but that you have a way to advocate for yourself in those moments. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking time and sharing and walking us through this process that can be minutes long or days long. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for our next episode. You can find us on Instagram for more updates and tips. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and give us a review if you like us.